Hello and welcome to the Reading Squad podcast, a podcast on books, reading and the bookish community. We are your hosts Rashmila and Rachel. A quick introduction. I, Rashmila, like to read contemporary fiction by and or focusing on women and people of color. What kind of books do you like to read, Rachel? So I'm all over the place. Um I really like to read both fiction and nonfiction. When I read nonfiction, I really like to read current events and memoirs and biographies, you know, about famous people and famous events that have just happened in history. When I read fiction, I really like to read about dystopian novels. I think there's something interesting about trying to predict the future and what could potentially happen if we continue to go down this current path that our country and our world is currently on. Okay, do you like to read romances? I love to read a romance novel. I think they're a great palate cleanser for when I'm reading something really heavy and when I need just kind of a break. Yeah, I think for me also sometimes romances are great. I also like to read cozy mysteries, especially the ones that were written by Agatha Christie as well as quite a few contemporary authors. Uh they are also really sweet and there's usually some romance also involved. So, uh we are here today to talk about our theme which is Asian Pacific American Heritage Month celebrated in May and it honors the achievements and contributions of Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in the US. And the month of May was chosen to observe the arrival of the first Japanese immigrants to the US on May 7th, 1843. as well as to mark the anniversary of completing the transcontinental railroad on May 10th 1869 uh, obviously the majority of the workers who laid the tracks were chinese immigrants um uh, have you been reading anything about this particular theme rachel um yeah so my current read right now is a book called big little man by alex tizon um in it he kind of explores and um critiques um his own asian heritage and his understanding um for how american culture really influenced his own understanding of his asian heritage um he talks about a lot of stereotypes around um sexual prowess um so um i'm not finished with the book yet but it's been really an interesting read to understand um the way in which uh asian americans have contributed to american society nice nice uh i recently completed a collection of so- uh, short stories by this author called leslie tenorio and the title is called monstrous like the female version of monster and uh, this was actually uh, an advanced readers copy that i got and it has been re-released with a new introduction the stories that are there they usually feature filipino americans living mainly in california and some of the stories were really great and some were okay i enjoyed the title story that had like pulpy horror films and really weird funny things that were happening there was also one about uh, two old lonely men who were being evicted and uh, there was another one featuring an immigrant family and teenage pregnancy so uh, the stories were actually pretty diverse uh, and again shows a lot about how the identities formed what is the idea of home 
all of the themes that you find in a lot of immigrant works. Uh, right now, I'm reading uh, another short story anthology that's primarily for young adults, but I'm liking it. It's called A Thousand Beginnings and Endings. And the interesting part of this is that the anthology consists of fairy tales uh, that Asians have grown up with, but they are reimagined in different contexts. Uh, however, if you don't have, if the reader does not have any kind of knowledge of this uh, particular fairy tale, they do have the story first, the reimagined story, and then a very short introduction of the fairy tale itself. So I am liking it. Um, I It's actually nice for me. Uh, one more thing is that for, I have a couple of recommendations for uh this uh, for celebrating this month one is an illustrated memoir by T. Bowie called The Best We Could Do. It's how she talks about her family who are from Vietnam and then there's a bit about Cambodia so that's very interesting and uh, the other one is the classic uh, The Woman Warrior by Maxine Hong Kingston again talking about immigrant identity, how certain voices especially that of Asian women are usually not uh, talked about or they are not discussed um, if the families are like Swiss, uh, if the families have something like a suicide or uh, a murder or something that is typically not a good thing happening in the society. Uh, there's also the famous one, uh, Jhumpalahiri's The Namesake, uh, which is supposed to be like a classic. Um, although I'm pretty, I'm not sure it can be called a classic. In my head, it's always like at least 100 years, and then it should be called a classic. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just my uh, English background coming out sometimes. Uh, <laughs> uh, what Do you have any recommendations, Rachel? Um, so a couple of books that I've read by um, Asian authors specifically are The Island of Sea Women by Lisa C. And this is a story that tells the, the real-life story of these women um, who are underwater sea divers. They, um, I can't remember, it's been a year since I've read this book, so I can't remember it exactly, but um, they go diving into some of, into some very deep water without any typical diving equipment. Um, so they, they learn meticulous breathing methods to, in order to hold their breath. Um, and so they do this as a way to support their community. Um, and so it's really this fascinating story because the women who are the divers in this community in Asia, they are the breadwinners. They are, um, these women are, are dominant in this culture. Um, and so kind of as the story goes on, you kind of start to see a shift um, as Western colonialism shows up on this island and starts to take over. Um, so it's just a fascinating read. Um, I listened to it as an audiobook, and the narrator, whose name escapes me right now, but um, does a fantastic job of just narrating these two main characters. They're the two main characters are these two women who grow up and they become these divers, and they kind of lose touch. Um, after a series of events occur. And so I won't give away any spoilers, but the, the story is just this beautiful kind of how each of the two main characters goes through their life and how 
this diving culture has really uh, benefited each of them in their own journeys. So yeah, it was a great book. Um, and then, so then the second book is also a Hulu um, miniseries, or maybe just a Hulu series called Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. I think I pronounced that right. This book is amazing. You know, it really talks about the suburban life and how these, well, the story is kind of about these two families. This one family is, is a mother and her daughter and they show up in this small town. They show up in um, a town called Shaker's Shaker Heights. Shaker Heights. Shaker Heights. Right. Yes. 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 Um, I recently read it. So yeah. Yeah. Shaker Heights. It's been a year for me. I, I read it a year ago. I also listened to this one as an, as an audiobook, and it's just fascinating how these two families and their lives intermingle and how, you know, the kids from one family interact with this one, this, this young child from the other family and just how different their lives are and what brings them together. Um, so I, I highly recommend it. I thought it was a very good book. Um, unfortunately I can't remember more of it. Um, but both of them were phenomenal stories and I highly recommend both. Yeah, I haven't read The Island of Sea Women, but I should put it on my TBR. But I enjoyed Little Fires everywhere. Um, the way that motherhood is represented in the in the particular novel, two kinds of motherhood and society. Uh, I thought it was very fascinating. Uh, I think I'm not sure how accurate it is in terms of depicting a suburban life. But overall, I liked yeah, it. Yeah, I really loved the narrator, um, whose name I also can't remember. Um they do such a good job of giving each of these individual characters, not only their own voice, but um, really their own personality and persona. And it really just made the story interesting and, and kept me at the edge of my seat. Um, I had, I had this book as a physical book in my house, but had opted for the audiobook instead, you know, because I was just, it was at a point where I was just getting into audiobooks and I really wanted to see, you know, what a single narrator could provide. And this, this audio book w- did not let me down. It was amazing. Okay. Okay. I, ha- I read it as a physical book. And again, it was there on my shelf for quite some time. And I decided to read it because I wanted to read it before watching the miniseries. Although I still haven't watched the miniseries as yet. So as part of our introductory podcast, uh, I just wanted to spend some time getting to know my co-host. I'm sure our listeners would also be curious to know about you some more, Rashmila. Um, So I have drafted up some questions. Um, So my first question is, um, what author from India do you recommend to others? Um, So I should should back up and say that uh, before we started this podcast, we spent a weekend kind of getting to know each other, um, talking about the podcast, talking about what this would be like. And Rashmila explained to me that she is from India. Yes. So uh, whenever, so with me, with recommendations, it becomes a problem sometimes where I usually ask the person, what kind of books do you like to read? And then I come up with recommendations. So in this case, I would just uh, suggest some novels rather than authors. So you have the uh, main suspects like uh, Salman Rushdie, whose books are awesome, and I enjoy most of his books. 
most, not all. Uh, you also have the others like Chumpa Lahiri's namesake and interpreter of melodies, which I think a lot of undergraduates read. You also have uh, Arunduti Roy's The God of Small Things, which again is more uh, known to the Western audience. Uh, however, there are two other books that I really enjoy. One of them is uh, Shashi Tharoor's The Great Indian Novel. And it's a tongue-in-cheek novel. It's pretty uh, thick novel. Uh, and I usually recommend it because it is set in the ninth, uh, it's set in India when India got independence from uh, from UK in 1947 and how India's uh, political system came up and it is a reimagining of that. The interesting part of that novel, though, is it is actually also a rewriting of one of uh, Hinduism's uh, most important religious epics called the Mahabharat. So you've got two things happening in that novel. You've got a re uh, the characters of Mahabharat being reimposed on the political figures post-independent India. And uh, I enjoy it. I've read it a couple of times. Uh, and every time I read it, I'm like, oh, this is actually a fun book, even though the topic itself might sound dry. So that is one of the books that I often recommend. The other one that I recommend is Anita Nair's The Ladies Coop or The Ladies Compartment. So in India, there is a thing where the trains that are running in India, there is one particular compartment that is devoted to ladies only uh, for reasons of safety, for reasons of security. And this particular novel talks about this uh, single woman who is traveling in a ladies compartment and meets up with the other ladies in that compartment and how they exchange life stories. So it is a nice feminist uh, novel and it's not as thick as uh, the great Indian novel. And uh, yeah, so these are the ones that I usually recommend. Cool. Right on. Um, I think I'm going to pick up the great Indian novel. Um, I am fascinated to read that. Just the title alone just kind of interests me. But your explanation of the ladies coop also really sounds interesting. So maybe I'll pick that up too. So uh, what was your favorite book growing up? So I, uh, I enjoyed reading books by the British author Enid Blyton. All the Famous Five, Secret Seven, Five Find Out series. But if I have to choose the my favorite, it would be the series called The Faraway Tree, where you've got um, the four books, The Enchanted Wood, The Magic Faraway Tree, Folk of the Faraway Tree, and Up the Faraway Tree. So it's basically about this family of, uh, of children who find an enchanted wood. And there you have the faraway tree, where if you climb the faraway tree, uh, every time that they go up the faraway tree, you've got different kinds of lands coming in. So different fantasy lands come on the faraway tree, stay there for a few days and then go away. So they are like nice adventures and you have very interesting fairy folk of the faraway tree. So for me, fantasy is is a good um, escape and the faraway uh, trees, I mean, series is definitely up there. So last question. Uh, when you were in school, like secondary school, high school, um, were you required to read over the summer? And if so, what were some of those books? We didn't. Uh, we were not required to read over the summer. Uh, summer was basically uh, just having fun, eating a lot of ice cream and prepping for our next academic session. So I would get books for the new session and I would obviously read the books, uh, but there, it was not a required reading. 
So that is something that's very different in American culture. Um, if you if you were to ask other adults who grew up in this country, you know, that each of them would have a story to tell you about required summer reading. Do you have a story? Oh, man. Um, summer reading was both a blessing and a curse. One, because I loved, I mean, I loved to read, so it was fine by me. Like, But I also really hated that the school determined what books I read. We were first given required reading heading heading into ninth grade, which is in America when high school starts. So I can't remember the name of the book, but it was like this very weird mystery novel about a girl who is like a summer camp counselor and she's on a bus and the bus gets taken over by um, these people with, you know, guns, these vigilantes or, you know, and so it's like she has to keep everybody safe and, you know, it was just a very strange book. It was a very odd book. And I just remember like being a teenager and being like, the fuck is this? What are you, why am I reading this? So then, so the book that I read going into um, 10th to 11th, this was probably my favorite year for summer reading because instead of them giving us a book at the end of the year and saying, read this and be ready to talk about it in September, we were given a list and they told us, you know, that you had to read like three or four books from this list. And I was like, sweet, this is way better. Awesome. So I, I read um, The Chosen by Chayam Potak, which um, explored the oh. kind of after effects on the Jewish American community after World War II. It was, it was fascinating. Um, I had, I've always really been interested in the Holocaust mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the atrocities that occurred in, in, you know, Europe in the 1930s, 1940s. And I mean, so reading, so reading this book for, for over the summer really got me into, um, got me into reading Chaim Potok and his entire, um, his entire writing. So I read that he has a series of books called My Name is Asher Lev, which looks at um, the Hasidic Jewish community. This is a very conservative, very um, strict okay. religious sect within Judaism. Um, and so I, My Name is Asher Lev is about this young boy who wants to become an artist, but he lives in this culture where um, You know, art mm -hmm. is really not seen as a mm -hmm. career path for a lot of Jewish young men. But, you know, he, like, kind of overcomes these obstacles and becomes an amazing artist. So summer reading for me was always like, like, ugh, I have to do it. But I'm like, okay, I really like <laughs> reading it. Like, it's fine. You know, you always, in America, you always waited until, like, the last week before school starts. The, the last week of summer. You know, just hurry up and read it, get it, get it done. Because, you know, your English teacher, you walked into English class and they were like, all right, let's go. Quiz time. <laughs> I don't think it's just an American phenomenon. In general, students will always uh, leave things at the last moment to do it. Yeah, yeah it's a general human thing, I think. <laughs> okay, so my questions for you, uh, Rachel. The first question is, what is the earliest book or reading memory that you have? Um, so my earliest memory um, was reading the little uh, the little house on the prairie series. Uh, these books like 
like looking back on them are very questionable. They're like they have racist undertones. They're very they're very questionable books. I don't recommend them for young readers. But I read them, you know, as a young child. I couldn't get enough. They were my first chapter books. Um, you know, that and the Babysitters Club. And so I was fascinated with, you know, um, the pioneers and people who went west and, you know, so it was really this cute, well, I thought at the time, this cute story. Um, I mean, I just have early memories of always getting books for Christmas at various holidays. Um, I remember my aunt got me the Night Trilogy by E.L. Weasel. Um, you know, I was like I said before, I was really fascinated and curious about the Holocaust. And so, you know, reading these stories about a Holocaust survivor, you know, Knight, the first book in the series, is all about his experience in Auschwitz and um, the concentration camps and, and the ghetto that he lives in. Um, and then the two books in the, the next two books in the series are kind of about the after not the after effect, but essentially the years after the Holocaust. Um, you know, it's about his own personal journey, about, you know, how he has relationships with other people and how he, like, talks about the Holocaust. And um, he eventually ends up moving, if I recall correctly, he ends up moving to Israel. Um, so it was just this, you know, those are some of just some of the earliest books that I read that I loved that have like really stuck with me okay i haven't read the night trilogy but i'll probably put that on my list and uh, i think netflix is uh, releasing either tv series or something for the babysitters club oh, on the babysitters cool. club huh. so yeah that might be something <laughs> to look into Maybe. <laughs> yeah okay uh my next question is who is your favorite bookworm or book Ooh, dragon um so i don't know i don't well maybe i guess this character counts as a bookworm but um i read the first book in this series the series is called the all souls trilogy um the first book is called a discovery of witches where we meet the main character diana bishop who is a descendant of the salem witch goody bishop and so you know she i don't know if i would call her a bookworm like she is she's a scholar she has a phd um you know when when we first meet her she's at the oxford library or the oxford um the library actually has its own very specific name that i can't recall at the moment um but we meet her and she is like very studious she's you know studying and, and working um on her research and and so I just loved, I love, you know, a good story about anybody who is studious and, you know, constantly reading and constantly learning. And so she's probably my pick. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. My next question is, which book do you reread often? Uh, so true story. I very, very rarely reread a book. Um I'm trying to make it a point in my reading life to reread at least one book a year. Last year, I, yeah, last year I reread um, 1984. And, you know, it doesn't hold the same, like, fear 
that that this dystopian novel I think should hold um because when I read it when I was a teenager it was like oh my god I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around the idea that like something like this could happen and and now in the age of Trump it's like oh well this is already happening this isn't scary anymore but it's like it's a little spooky in the idea that like how realistic and how accurate the author, you know, got what would occur in the future. Yeah. I think that's the that's an issue with rereading a book or a series where uh sometimes you'll see that you have matured much more and it might not have as you just mentioned the same fear or there might be other things where you be like hey this is not right like you mentioned about the uh prairie books where they have racist undertones so often you it's happened with me where i reread a few books uh for a readathon and he's one of my favorite authors but when i reread reread his books i was like hmm i'm not comfortable reading how women are being portrayed in this particular novel so uh i think it's important for me at least to reread my favorites uh over the course of my life where i'll see how they have aged or or not so yeah okay um so what are you currently reading uh what did you like or didn't like and uh, the last question is what are you reading next sure. uh so i'm currently reading big little man in search of my asian self um i've read most of this book i really like it i think it's a really strong critique of um american centrism and and how that affects migrants and other people who come here who have a different identity and a different culture um and who you know growing up in this in this very white centric society um can sometimes lose that connection to their roots and to their their you know heritage um you know and so far in the book the the author you know it's it's the author's name is Alex Tizon and he's really done a lot of work to develop his own self-image and his own understanding of what it means to be Asian in America um and so it's just a beautiful beautiful story about you know some of the trials and the tribulations that he's gone through um so and then lastly my other book that I'm reading is The Moore's Account by Lali Lemmy, Lalami. Um, and so far I've only read the first 25 pages, so I can't really talk about this book, but um, I love it. It's just the story so far has got me hooked. I can't wait to continue to read it. So my, what's what I'm reading next. Um, so as I've explained, I'm a big fan of audiobooks. Um, and so my next audiobook will be The Bear and the Nightingale. Um, I'm trying to finish a series this month, so I've decided to work through this series. Um, and then I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my reread this year or my my reread this month. I'm gonna I'm gonna reread Go Set a Watchman by Harper Lee. Um, true story. This was her first book before Go to to Kill a Mockingbird. Um, and so I'm really excited to reread that. The narrator for that book 
is Reese Witherspoon. So I'm really interested to see what she does um, with the characters in this book. That does sound interesting. I haven't read um, Ghosts at a Watchmen, but I would that I would definitely like to read that. Uh, okay. And uh, any physical books? Uh, so I do have one physical book. I'm going to try to read The Complete Mouse, which is a story of a Holocaust survivor. It's sold as a graphic novel. I've recently I've started to get into graphic novels. Like I just finished The Handmaiden's Tale as a graphic novel. And I am finding that I really love them, that they're really an engaging, like a different way to engage with this story. So I'm just loving graphic novels. I think they're cool. Yeah, The Complete Mouse is, uh, I think the way that it has been, uh, cho- like the different animals that have been chosen, uh, makes the whole experience more scary. Um, it also, there is certain impersonalization also, where it's like, okay, they are happening to animals, but they actually happen to humans. So um it's it i think it was one of the first graphic novels that i read and i was completely blown away and i recently reread it uh and i was like okay this is still as powerful as the first time yeah so i uh what am i reading so i am currently reading the as i said a thousand beginnings and endings and i've only read a few of the imagined fairy tales asian fairy tales and so far they're pretty good uh, I'm also reading a book called uh, Sweet Tooth by Ian McEwen. And uh, it's set in post-Cold War England. It's about this girl who is in who joins MI5. And I don't like it. Um, just because it's there's too much of history in it. And I'm not that big a history buff person. Historical fiction is not one of my favorite genres. So for me, it's a struggle, um, but I will complete it. Um, so that's the second one, uh, second book that I'm reading. I am planning to read a book called uh, Garnet Hill, which is the first book in the Garnet Hill trilogy. And it's by an author called uh, Denise Mina. And uh, the genre of the book is called Tartan Noir. And uh, the reason why I picked up is it's because of a reading challenge. And I had never heard of Tartan Noir before. Apparently, it's a form of crime fiction that is particular to Scotland and Scottish writers. So I am excited about that because I've never read anything like that. So let's see how that goes. I am looking forward to hearing about how you like those stories. So that's it for this month's podcast. Um, We will be back next month probably right around the same time probably in the second week of june um with a new theme uh so thank you for tuning in i'm rachel and i'm rashmina happy reading take care